coming up on The Dr. John Deloney Show. There was an active shooter situation. He actually got the group around him out of the emergency exit and then went back into the building and went to help whoever got shot. But unfortunately, the person who got shot was dead. What a heroic husband you have, right? No, he's amazing. You say he's just a friend. You say, oh, baby, you've... Dude, shout out, Biz Marquis. That's who that is, right? Yes, it is. Yeah, that song's been in my head all day, Kelly. Thanks for that. Hey, this is Dr. John Deloney's show. We're, <laughs> we are, this is, a, this is a, 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 a show about singing and uh, about great, great songsmanship. Actually, it's not at all. It's the best mental health and marriage and parenting and family and whatever else is going on podcast ever. And I'm glad that you've joined us. If you want to be on the show, give me a buzz. 1-844-693-3291. There'll be a singing audition where you actually will sing into the recorder for Jenna or Kelly. And uh, not really. Or go to johndeloney.com slash ask and we will get it going on. Let's do it. Let's go to, uh, how does that song go? In Baton Rouge. Colin Baton Rouge. I'm not going to sing. The, 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 the Garth, Garth Brooks song? Yeah, it's called Colin, Bat- Colin Baton Rouge. But I'm not going to sing it. I love that song. That will turn all of our listeners away. <laughs> this, then it will be one of the worst podcasts in the history of podcasts. All right, let's go to Matt and Baton Rouge. What's up, dude? Uh, hey, how's it going, Dr. John? It's uh, great to actually talk to you. It's great to talk to you. You've never heard the... Uh, do y'all just walk around in Baton Rouge singing the Baton Rouge song all the time? I have no idea. I am a metal, I am a metal guy, straight up. I'm not a country guy whatsoever. <laughs> Listen, I wasn't either. I, I, I'm with you. But then showed, someone showed me Garth Brooks, and he was my gateway drug. <laughs> and uh, so, hey, go get a Garth Brooks record. Or maybe because you were born in the 21st century. Just pull up Spotify and check it out. All right, hey, so what's I, up, man? I have, I have quite a bit of vinyl collection myself. Anyways, so... I need some advice on how to navigate what I kind of feel is a sort of conflict or misalignment in personal values between myself and my girlfriend. Um, It's causing quite a bit of tension in our relationship, and I would like for it to not be the end of our relationship, but I'm having trouble seeing any kind of solution that doesn't result in either us breaking up or resentment for one toward the other, either way, somewhere further down the road. Uh, so, so it's either about sex or money. Which one is it? Uh, it's not, I guess it's almost tangentially about sex, but not quite. Okay. Um, so basically she took a, she's taken, I'm, just going to say she's taking a job that's causing her to have to do some things that I am uncomfortable with personally. Dude, you got to be more and, specific, man. What are you talking about? All right. So uh, it's going to sound kind of trivial, but I'll just get into it. She's She does a lot of community theater acting and for local productions and whatnot. Okay. And she's taking a role that's basically required her to basically become a stripper. Um, I, I, you know, I, I understand that it's just kind of, playing pretend and playing dress up and telling a story and all that, but I'm still uncomfortable with the physical reality of my girlfriend doing some, you know, getting almost naked and doing erotic things on stage in public for a bunch of people. I'm just, I'm, I'm uncomfortable with that. Okay. Um, and 
the bigger issue is that when I try to bring it up, um, try to tell her about it, look, I'm just, you know, this is making me uncomfortable. Um, it doesn't go that well. It results in a pretty big argument. And the end result is, you know, Hey, I understand you feel this way, but this is my dream. And so I'm going to do what I want to achieve it. Okay. And so that's why, I, that's why I'm kind of, so that, that's so, what kind of leads me to the values conclusion. Yes. I guess. Yeah, yeah. But you got a very clear answer. I'm choosing this yeah. over you. And it sounds like you don't like that answer. I don't want to hear that answer. And what I will tell you is a, you're allowed to have any value you want. Okay. Right. Nobody gets a say in that. And there will be an, a bajillion people who comment on YouTube or whatever with this clip comes out. Um, and they'll be yeah. like throwing their, nobody gets a vote on your values. They're yours. Right. Okay. And when you get married with somebody, you, you decide to share them. Okay. Right. But you've stated your values out loud. I don't want um, to be connected to somebody who's going to show her body off in, this, in, in a public forum. Right. Right. Right, wrong, or indifferent. That's your one of your values. And she has said, I, one of my values is I want to be in theater. And this is a part of being an actress. And so this is what I want. Which is a roundabout way of saying this, my values are more important than yours. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've kind of had this conversation over and over again in my head. And, and I've, I've kind of come to that conclusion. I just. It's not, it's not really a math problem. Kinda... It's just, it's just pretty direct. Yeah, yeah. And so yeah, what I would I tell you is never, never compromise your values for a job, for a girlfriend, for a boyfriend. Like when you go down that road, it gets hard. Um, so you may have heard me say on the show all the time, there's a big difference between beliefs and values. And I think beliefs should be pushed and pulled. That's why I'm always, I don't post, people ask me, but the most common question I get is what books are you reading? And I rarely post them because I'm always reading things that are diametrically opposed to the, what I already believe because I want to pressure test my beliefs, right? Or I want to mm -hmm. learn new things. When it comes to my values, man, um, over time, I've, I've gotten fewer of them. And they've expanded and they've become more concrete. Does that make sense? Right. So how old are you now? Uh, 28. She's 27. Okay. So you got, you got a set of values right now. You're going to look back when you're 40 and be like, oh gosh, those are some of my values. But the answer is yes, they are. And they just are, right? So the question is, are you going to compromise your values? Um, or are you going to say, hey, this is, this is a deal breaker for me? Oh yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, <laughs> I think I listened enough to the show to, to I kind of, that, that was pretty much the, the thing I was expecting. I'm just having, I guess I'm just having trouble coming to uh it's a hard conclusion to come to, I guess. Yeah. Um, well, um, here's you know. where it's not a hard conclusion. Um, tell me if this math works out. I'm doing this in real time. Okay. So I, I'm just, right. I'm, I'm thinking this as I go. You, you have a core value that's about you and about um, intimacy in your relationship, right? Correct. And she has a core value about acting. Is that right? Yes. Right. So does it work? Tell me if I'm wrong. Does it work that you are choosing a core value that sits within you and she is choosing a thing over you? Does that work? Because that's what it feels like. 
That, yeah, that's you know that's and that's what it feels like to to me too. And and I've I've listened enough to the show to I've heard you say several times. You know, behavior is a language, and to me, what what this is saying to me is, hey, my dream is more important than you and how you feel about it. Uh, and that, that you know, that's what I'm. That's that's how I'm feeling about the situation. Is that's that's what I feel that she's saying to me. Hmm. I, and, have you said that to her? Is, have you have you said that to uh, her? Not that specifically, but I've, I've, I've said that. Um, and I, I think I don't, I definitely don't think that she's specifically trying to do something that hurts me. Um, I just don't think she thinks about it in the same way that I do. To me, it is an intimacy thing. And, you know, to me doing that on stage, that kind of thing is a level of intimacy that I feel should be reserved something that we should just share between the two of us and not something that should be shared in public. Yeah. And that, that's what that, that's why it kind of bothers me. But to her, she doesn't think of it that way to her. It's just a performance. It's mm-hmm. a, a telling a story, playing a character, that kind of thing, the intimacy thing. And it, you know, it could be that she just doesn't, you know, she has a whole different bunch of intimacy issues that we could spend the whole show talking about. Um, you know, I don't, I don't know. I, well, I, I, I don't know that I'd characterize them as issues. They're just different than yours. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah. And here's a common misconception. You can love somebody, and you can be sexually attracted to somebody, yet have very different values, meaning right. that you can love somebody. I've got friends and family that I love, but good God almighty, we vote differently and we think differently yeah. about issues and we've got very different ways of communicating with people and we have very different values. Mm-hmm. There's been people that I'm sexually attracted to, but we had different values. And so we didn't, I, I didn't pursue a long-term relation. You see what I'm saying? Like, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. it didn't play out in the long term. My wife and I shared right. the same values that when she was my right. girlfriend. And that's ultimately what brought us together. See what I'm saying? So those two things often like, well, we, I love her and right. I'm attracted to her and vice versa, then why can't this thing work? Those two things aren't always the bellwether here, right? Yeah. You want to be aligned in the values. Um, how long have y'all been dating? Oh, it's been a, it's been a couple of years now. Yeah. Uh, this is the first time anything like this is, has, has come up. My guess is, um, so you've heard me talk about pictures and words. You ever talked to me about, heard me say that? Uh, yeah, yeah. Okay. It wouldn't surprise me. Like, her wanting to be an actress can't be a surprise, right? She's No, she, no, absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. So I, I, you know, I love that about her, and, and I love that she's doing that. Okay. It's just that this, this one aspect of it is, is, is causing me some discomfort. So have you ever been watching a movie, and there's nudity in the movie, and y'all talk about it on the way home? Like, man, would you ever do that? Or I would never do that. Has that ever come up in the two years y'all been it, been dating? It, it came. It came up over this conversation um, okay. that you know she wants to, and and it was basically kind of the same thing. Like, look, I, I you know I really wouldn't be comfortable if you if you would do some stuff like that. And mm-hmm. and the response was basically the same. Like, look, I'm I'm going to do whatever I have to do to achieve this dream. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know. So, when it comes back to the pictures and words, I can imagine you've known you're dating an actress, right? And the actress you're dating has told you for two years, this is a dream of mine. Yeah. Y'all have used the same word, but y'all have very different pictures of what actress meant. See what I'm saying? 
and both of you right now are feeling like the other person has pulled a bait and switch. Yeah, you feel like, true. I want her to be an actress. Uh, yeah, I support you fully. Whoa, 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 put your clothes back on. And she's looking at you like, I told you she's going to be an actress. And y'all just had different pictures of what actress meant. And for her, it means whatever it takes. I'll do whatever the director says so I can get into this role. And um, for you, it's, whoa, whoa, we, I want to reserve something that's just ours. Yeah, that's, that's, that's fair. That's, right? you, you hit it right on the head. And so I think it's fair for you to sit down and say, start there. I get that you feel like I'm pulling a bait and switch on you. I've heard actress for all these for for a couple of years and it never even occurred to me that this was a part of your picture of what actress meant. And so mm-hmm. I want you to know I'm not trying to deceive you. I'm not I I I'm not trying to as you're walking out on the stage be like, "Whoa, whoa, don't do that, don't do that." Um and ultimately tell her I love you. Yeah. And I am or am not going to be a part of this moving forward. And what you're doing there is you're taking full 100% ownership of your values. And make no mistake, our values will always cost us something. Always. Mm -hmm. And I know this is a steep price to pay. Because you love this person, right? And you you had plans with her, right? Y'all talked about the future. Y'all are, you're 20 years old. You're two years into this thing, right? Yeah, yeah, Absolutely. Here's the here's the part I'm concerned about. One of the two of you, she drops out of the play, or you say cool, but I'm not going to go, or you go and you squirm and it's uncomfortable the whole time. Mm-hmm. That is, man, that is a racetrack to resentment. I, and that's that's exactly what what I'm struggling with. That's the the only two compromises I see is either you know she stop you know she forever now sees me as the one that ru- either ruined that ruined her dream because she you know had to to um skip skip out on doing certain opportunities because of me or you know I just go along and and you know continue to just kind of sit by while she does stuff that that I'm uncomfortable with mm-hmm. and so either way would lead to one of us resenting one another down the road and that's what I'm worried about yeah i think it's a very that's a very legitimate true worry the path forward here, though, is this. Please keep this in your heart and mind. These are your values. And so if it ultimately ends your relationship, if you all end up saying, this is, as, this is as far as we go, it's been a great run, I love you, and I wish you nothing but the best. Mm-hmm. Here's a diff- I have a different picture of the way my life's going to go than what your, the way your life is going to go. Um, then, so then... So be it, but don't leave angry with her mm-hmm. because what she's doing is the same thing you're doing just on the other side of the coin. She's holding to her set of values, whether you agree with them or not. And we could debate that all day long, whether what she's doing is wise or smart or good or righteous, all those things. The reality is though, you you'll have, you have a line and she's got a right. line and now y'all have got a gap between the two of you and you're both standing behind each other's line going, are you coming over here? Or are you coming over here? Yeah. And so the honest way the way it usually happens is you get mad because you have to garner the energy to do what you got to do. Mm. The more integrous way forward is a humble, quiet, vulnerable, this is as far as I can go. And I'm going to own this. See what I'm saying? Yeah. I'll yeah, also say this. 
Um, <laughs> this is going to help. This, this is one of those things when you ask a billionaire, like, what should I do? And they're like, follow your passion. And you're like, shut up. Like, <laughs> there's one billionaire for every, you know, 10,000 unemployed, right? So take this for what, for what, what, it, what, what it's worth. There came a moment when my wife and I, we dated for, I think we were dating for three or four years of the time. She was, we were still boyfriend, girlfriend. And I sat down with her and said, look, if all of my dreams come true and all of your dreams come true, we end up on separate planets and you are pursuing your dreams as hard as you can. And I'm pursuing mine as hard as I can. And we've been trying to do this together. It's not going to work. So let's save each other the misery and the heartache when we get there and call it now. And we broke up and it was hard. And it was one of those things that like, I thought it was right at the time. I think it was right at the time. And within the next year, what my dream for my life was shifted radically and Mm -hmm. hers changed. So see what I'm saying? So yeah, yeah. Hear exactly. me say yeah, yeah. that just because you say, hey, this is this is as far as I can go. That doesn't mean it's the death and the end forever, but be prepared for it to be, right? Right. Um, or man, have a hard conversation with yourself and say, No, I'm okay with this. Yeah. But whatever it is, take ownership of it, okay? For sure. I wish I had some some like I wish I had some like, oh no, just say this. This is hard. And for everybody watching and listening, please don't just bomb the comment section here for Matt, right? I want as a culture us to get to a place where we honor, A, each other's values. B, we have hard discussions about why is this your value and why is this mine? And let's engage in this conversation. And let's be integrous about shaking hands and saying, hey, I'm just going to my, go my way here. I realize that my boss has different values than me and he or she is asking for different values of their employees. And these aren't my values. And so I'm going to, I know I just moved across the country here. I know this pays great. I'm not going to throw grenades and try to shift in it. I'm going to step off and I'm going to go. There's a few core values that all of us in a society have to have, right? We can debate those all day long, but there's, there's some core ones on treating people with dignity and respect and loving everybody and all those things. But there's just going to be moments in our lives when we have to be okay with walking up and saying, hey, this is a value. I love you. I'm going to shake hands. Um, but it's time for me to head off in this other direction. And I'm taking ownership of it. So it was hard, Matt. I'm sorry, man. And I know it's hard for your girlfriend too. Um, the whole thing's hard. And um, I wish you the best. Let me know how that hard conversation goes. And uh, I'll walk with you every step of the way, my brother. We'll be right back. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. Be honest. How often do you find yourself pausing in the middle of a day and it feels like there is so much going on and you find yourself wondering, what would I do with just a spare hour or 30 minutes? Can you even imagine? And it's in these moments that we often realize we're living someone else's life. Everyone else's schedules, priorities, and emergencies are driving our lives, and we can't keep carrying this load for everyone and everything. And it's in these moments when it feels like too much or when you need some help parsing through all the chaos that talking to a professional therapist can be a game changer. Therapy can be a place to work through the challenges you have with boundaries, time, commitments, and your own self-worth. And that can be in relationships with your friends, people at work, your significant other, or even how you can make and keep commitments with yourself. Therapy can be amazing for figuring out what even makes you happy anymore and how to go make it happen. And if you're thinking of starting therapy, try BetterHelp. 
Because therapy isn't just for people who've experienced trauma. It's great for building skills so you can be the best version of yourself. BetterHelp is completely online, so it's flexible enough to fit your schedule. Just fill out a short questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time for no extra cost. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Deloney today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Deloney. All right, we're back. Let's go to Callie in Bowling Green. Going back to Callie. What's up? Hey, Dr. John, how are you? We are rocking on to the Brigadon. How about you? I'm wonderful. I just want to say I'm super thankful for everything that you've brought to our community and that you put out there. I'm Thank one you. of the OGs. Yes. I've been listening since episode one. So Literally I've one of the original so 17. Yes. yes. Thank you so much. <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm deeply, deeply grateful. Thank you. No problem. So what's up? So um, I'm calling today because I coach a high school volleyball team and that comes with its own challenges. <laughs> yeah. But um, we have been really struggling on teaching our girls how to communicate with one another. Hmm. And on top of that, learning to be vulnerable on top of the communicating piece. Yeah. And I uh, just wanted your advice on how to kind of facilitate that with high school girls. <laughs> As a former high school, I'm just kidding. So I thought you were about to say, hey, we're struggling on offense. And I was going to have to tell you, I don't really know how volleyball works. I just know that y'all all, they go in a line. So good. I'm, this one's an easier question for me to answer. Um, and I used to be a high school coach too. And it's one of my favorite jobs I've ever, ever had. So good for you. Are you enjoying it? Do you like the influence in their life? I absolutely love it. I have a full-time job year round, but this is something that I also do year round. We coach high school from July to October. And then I turn around and coach club ball for the same high school girls um, from December until May. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Okay. So here's what I've seen in working with high school and college kids over the last couple of decades, I've seen in a way that I don't think most adults, most 35 and 45 year olds and and older fully grasp just how much relationship has moved on into digital exchanges. Like even asking like my middle schooler and his, all his friends, like when you go with somebody, right, you give a girlfriend, you never even make eye contact. You don't see each other. It's all text and photos and emoji. Like everything's been outsourced there. And so you're getting a lot of information, but it's, it's interesting. I haven't talked to a, a high school coach, but it doesn't surprise me that then when they get in a real life situation where they have to basically read each other's minds and know I'm going to be here in this space and you got to look at my body position and I've got to holler at you and say, hey, go, 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 that their brains don't just shut down. Right. So give me an example of, of situations where there's, they're not being vulnerable, where they need to communicate better. Um, give me an example of that. So I'll kind of give you a little bit of a background. Um, last season, this is probably the most talented group I've ever coached, okay. hands down. They're very young, um, primarily sophomores. Um, we have a few seniors that kind of lead the group, but even some of them are struggling with communication. Um, but we've started working with a sports psychologist last year. She did wonderful work. Um, but we, of course, we're unable to afford her this year. High mm-hmm. school budget. Volleyball doesn't make that cut. Way to go, America. Uh, 
Very, very much so. So <laughs> I've kind of tried to step in that role and start doing some small and large group activities with them after practice mm-hmm. just to learn to communicate off the court, hoping that it will transfer onto the court. Mm-hmm. Um, so on the court, they're just having issues where they literally will not talk to each other. They're running into each other. Something will happen. And us as coaches feel like we're having to spoon feed them everything to say and do. Gotcha. And they are physically capable of knowing exactly what to do and what to say. But um, it's just that awkwardness, that tension, and even um, some of the small group activities we've been doing with them after practice to get them to open up to each other, to even say something they like about themselves. It's like, terrible it's so awkward yeah do not feel comfortable whatsoever um okay so let's back all the way out ultimately there's two things at play one there's trust and one there is just skill set okay i do believe that we're gonna have hell to pay because we're gonna have a generation of people that don't have the skills to communicate in person with one another Right. And I think we're, you're, you're experiencing, like, I don't even know how to tell you that I'm uncomfortable. I can text it to you. I can DM you, let you know how I'm feeling, but I can't say that to you. Right. And for you and me, who's grew up saying it first and texting it second, that feels insane, but that's the reality. Right. The second one is trust. And here's, a, I think you earn trust three, one of three ways, if not all three play, sharing meals and shared experiences. I've got to know you're going to be there and I have to have these um, exchanges over food, over play that is going to allow me to then my brain to feel safe enough to say, hey, I don't think I look good in this or I don't like the way you talk to me on the court, right? So I've got to set a context. And so I'd love to reframe it. And these aren't adjunct things. So even the language like, hey, we do these things after practice. I would love for you to include them into practice. This is a, okay. a part of who we are. Um, and I'm thinking back to little things that my coaches have made. Like we had a weekly team dinner during season um, where we'd all get together. Um, I'm going to send you every single deck of questions for humans that I got. Okay. That all would of be them. amazing. And Thank you so much. I even, I started a break. I have breakfast with my son once a week and we're doing a book exchange and stuff. I even took them with me this last week and they were, they were a blast. I'd forgotten that I'd written some of these questions out, but we had a great time, but it allowed a different level of conversation between me and my son. When you have a deck of cards like that, when you have some sort, even if you just go find an app, I'm sure there's a million apps out there. When you, you can point to the question, ask the car, the deck of cards, ask the question, not you. And it makes it safer for some reason. Okay. It depersonalizes it in a way. But what I would recommend is saying, okay, from this point forward, we're going to cut practice short on Thursdays by 30 minutes because they're good, right? What they need to do is learn to talk and trust, and that's going to help accelerate their connectivity as they function as a single unit on the court. And But I'm going to ask you to stay 30 minutes longer than you normally would, and we're going to have a team dinner. And whether that's pizza or whether that's spaghetti, I think we used to do spaghetti dinners and the parents made it and brought it. And sometimes it was good and sometimes it was a disaster. And, <laughs> but we shared that experience. Here's another thing. Have you tried to go first? I have. How's um, that go? And I told them that I firmly believe in leading by example. Good for you. So anytime that I ask them a question, I answer it first. 
Um, and I've, you know, probably admitted things, opened up about things that I typically wouldn't in front of high school, <laughs> but I feel like they need to see that and uh, they need to see a coach be vulnerable. Yes. Um, my problem is I'm only an assistant. I'm one of four coaches. Okay. And their head coach is a male and he's a very good friend of mine Mm -hmm. and he would never participate in this. Why not? So I guess that's a twofold. I, I'm the only one kind of steerheading this and I've got a great relationship with the girls because of it, Mm -hmm. but to get him and the other coaches involved is a challenge of its own. Why won't he play? Um, he, just full honesty comes off with the, his job is to win games. Yep. Okay. Which I understand. Um, but I do too. To win games, it, it, I feel like you have to connect. That's exactly right. So he's playing a very short game, right? He's like a modern corporation. It's like, I got to make yes. or earnings in this quarter and they forget that they're playing a long game. Right. And so you can yes. earn, you can sprint and sprint and sprint. And eventually your company's going to go away. Very similar. Um, He's going to win some games out of some talented kids and he's going to move on to a new place and leave these kids there. Um, that's hard. Okay. I wish there was an easy, I've worked with head coaches. They're hard. It's hard. There's a lot of ego there. There's a lot of, this is my team and that language, right? This is my group of humans that I run and own and whatever. Um, that's going to be hard. I think the best you can do is just be the positive influence that you can. And it might, would he be a part? Would he support team dinners? Would he support team play or cut and practice short? Or does it all have to be something you do after he gets done with his practice? Um, I think I could convince him. We're really like, we went to college together. We're close friends. So he's very stubborn, but I can <laughs> get through to him eventually. Okay. Okay. Um, but I think team dinners is definitely something we could do. Here's, here's where the team dinners are important. On Thursdays, we do team dinners. There are no electronics allowed. None. Zero. Everyone's going to okay. make it. Um, on Monday, it, for as a warm-up or the first thing we do, we're going to do some crazy agility drill that is team-driven. Coaches will not participate. There's an over-coaching that's happening with young, young athletes also, that every move is prescriptive. This yeah. idea that they're just going to go play, that we don't do that anymore because we got to win games. And by winning games, I'm going to give you this play and you got to run this play in this way. And so they literally don't know how to take a next step because every step has been prescribed for them since they were three years old. And there's okay. something about letting them just go. We're going to give you five minutes so y'all figure this game out and this is how this game works. And here's the four coaches and we're going to demonstrate how it goes. And y'all are competing against this other, you know, the... You know, the A squad is going to participate against the, or compete against the B squad. We're going to make them do some of these things, but we're not going to overcoach them. We're going to back out a little bit. Okay. And I was the worst, the worst. This is the pot talking the kettle here. Man, every mistake, my first year of coaching, every mistake I called out. You threw the ball away, you did it. And it, I, I, after my first year, I had some coaches lean into me a little bit because I was a young, hot-headed, knuckle-headed moron. And they said, dude, you know who knows that they just dribbled that ball off their knee into the stands? More than anybody? That kid? You yelling it across the uh, gym isn't helpful. <laughs> he knows. You know what I mean? Right. And that was such a good reminder, especially in practice, to dial back my coaching and dial up my engagement. Meaning okay. I'm going to be much more relational 
and less. I see that when I see that when I see that. You see what I'm saying? I'm going to coach effort. I'm going to coach spacing. I'm going to coach paying attention much more than move over, left, go up. You see what I'm saying? Right. And I don't know if that's going on in your practices. That sure went on in my practice, man, because I, I was just over coaching and I paralyzed the kids when I did that. And by the way, if you're listening to this, and you're not a coach. All of this applies to parenting. We over parent and we over like, hey, you got this, you do this, you got this, you do this. You got your deodorant, you brush your teeth, you get your shoes. You get... Today, just today, my son left his track shoes, his cross country shoes and inside. And I asked my wife as I was leaving, you me run these to the school, it's 20 minutes out of the way this way and I got to go 20 minutes back. She said, no, I'll just have to do practice in whatever shoes he's wearing. And that's probably going to be a very uncomfortable three mile run in the woods. And I assure you, he's going to remember his shoes, right? This is just the way we move forward, right? Oh, man. All right, so, Callie, hang on the line here. I'm going to send you all of the questions for humans cards. And by the way, if you have people in your life, whether they're teens, adults, um, couples, you just started dating, you've been dating a long time, you've been married a long time, there's cards for everybody. Girls' night, guys' night, friends, just hanging out, having chips and queso and having a few beers. Whatever it is, grab these cards. They're tools to teach us again how to have in-person communication, how to have in-person conversations. And man, all over the planet, people are writing and saying these things are changing their families and changing their friendships. Go pick some up, johndeloney.com. We'll be right back. All right, we are back. Let's go to Anne in San Antonio. What's up, Anne? Hi, how are you? I'm good. And you? I'm pretty good. Pretty good. Hot in Texas. Is it still a thousand degrees? Yes. Has it rained yet? It's awful. Um, we got the, oh God, the tear, like a small sprinkle of a rain. It was a such tease. The clouds <laughs> rolled in. Everything looked good. There was lightning and then it rained for two minutes and stopped. It <sighs> was awful. It was just like a bunch of people spitting in the front yard and that's about it. I'm sorry. That's what it felt like. And hey, here's what's, here's what everyone that I know in Texas is is waiting for, it will all catch up in a weekend and then flood everything, right? So it'll be like, yeah. oh, we need 10 inches of rain here, which is the annual average. Let's do it on a Wednesday at four, right? And then anyway, I'm sorry. <laughs> so how can I help? I wish I was a meteorologist. I just can't do anything about it. I know. It's all right. What's up? Um, uh, my husband, um, last week, he went to our, um, his local gym and there was an active shooter situation mm. and he saw everything. He saw the person be murdered. Oh, so he active shooter. It wasn't somebody just pulled a gun. They, he he saw somebody get shot. Okay. Yes. Someone got shot. Okay. Yes. And he witnessed everything. Mm -hmm. um, thankfully his job is in um, threat assessment. He didn't follow the crowd. Um, he actually got the group around him out of, the emergency exit, mm -hmm. you know, because he takes a mental map of everywhere he goes. Right. And then went back into the building. Um, once the shooter, he didn't see the shooter anymore and went to help whoever got shot. Mm -hmm. But unfortunately, the person who got shot was dead. Yeah. Hmm. I'm so sorry, man. What a heroic husband you have, right? No, he's amazing. Yeah. Were you at the gym? No, but um, just going on my intuition for whatever reason that day. Yeah. Um, uh, here's what, here's what I'm asking. I, I'm asking, you're wearing this heavily. 
Yeah. How's it? How, how are you wearing it? Are you, are you, I almost lost my husband or I could have lost my husband. He was right there. Is that close? Or I'm heartbroken and worried that he saw this and went through this. Like, where's your heart on this? I think all of it. Yeah. Especially that's the gym I told him not to go to. <laughs> <laughs> I told you so's aren't the super best way to yeah. approach this, but. It's not. And I definitely did not. And when and... he called me, he's like, hey, don't freak out. I'm like, okay, <laughs> sure. Listen, let me just take a, a side here. Good people of the podcast land, especially you, gentlemen, don't ever call someone you love, especially your wife, and say, start the call with, hey, don't freak out. <laughs> don't do that. Because uh, that's a recipe for a total freak out. Okay, that was just my public service announcement. Back to you, Anne. Okay, so your husband saw some hard stuff. What's it been like since then? Um, he tends to hold things in, so okay. that's why I'm concerned. Um, he came back. He came back home and he tried to play it off. You know, tried to have some dark humor in it. Mm-hmm. But I, you know, we are both in the Marine Corps together, and that's where we met. So okay. I already, you know, seen it. We have a lot of friends who I thought unfortunately committed suicide. Mm-hmm. And that's where my mind is going. Okay. That you're worried that because he experienced this, ultimately it's going to lead to him taking his uh, taking his life, dying by suicide. Um, I think I don't know if it would ever go there, but you know, when I did bring up, you know, you know, maybe you should get some counseling. Maybe mm-hmm. there's someone you can talk to. Mm-hmm. Um, he said no outright, and was like, no, I think that's stupid and useless, and I think it's because of our friends who have gone through the type of system, mm-hmm. and it didn't help. Okay, so here's what I want you to do in this situation. Here's a couple of things, okay? Number one, um, I know you're a veteran. I know you're a Marine. I know you've seen a lot of stuff. I want you to take ownership of your trauma involved here. Secondary traumatic stress is a real thing, okay? And trauma is cumulative. It adds up over time. And so it might be un, it might feel weird that you, this is affecting you so much and you weren't even there. But here's the thing. It just piles onto your body on top of the other traumas you've experienced firsthand or vicariously. Okay? So trauma is cumulative. You've heard me talk about the backpack. You've, you're, if your backpack's already filled to the brim and someone just rests a brick on it, that's just, at some point it all falls over. Okay? That's where you are right now. So don't think you're crazy because you can't stop thinking about this and you weren't even there, okay? But I want you to take ownership that this is your trauma because it's easy for you to feel unmoored and untethered and not well and then to dump all of that on him and his lack of response and he's not responding in a way that you think he should be responding after going through a really harrowing situation, okay? I will tell you personally... Um, and I'm going to go ahead and just give a warning here to anybody listening. If, you, if there's little ears in the room, um, you probably want to have them head out, okay? So, and I've been in situations where I've seen the insides of people's bodies on the outside. You too? Have you too? Yes, unfortunately. Okay. And it's very, very different than the movies, right? Yep. And when you're watching a movie, you don't smell. 
and you don't mm-hmm. have to watch your hands and where you're stepping and where you're leaning, right? So I'm, I know I'm getting real graphic here, but here's what I'm trying to tell you. I've been there and as a, as a, almost as a meta, I've been really surprised at how it didn't affect me like I thought it would to the point that I went and saw a counselor because I thought I was a psychopath. Where it did affect me though, so I didn't shut me down. I gallows humor is how I handle that stuff. And so um, it was some real dark, dark humor, making jokes that were inappropriate. Um, and my circle of friends got pretty tight because there was few, only a few people I could talk to about it. Where it came out was I got real short with people that I loved or I wasn't sleeping very good, which over time made me uh, or encouraged me open up an avenue where I made some poor diet choices, which then, right? So it affected me in weird ways, but not in the ways I would have thought, okay? Here's why that's important for you. Don't put your picture of how he should be handling this onto him. That's gonna cause a division in your relationship. What I'd much rather you do is sit down with him and say, I'm gonna go talk to somebody because this is affecting me. I'm taking ownership of my mental health and wellness. I'm gonna call a local counselor. I need you to promise me that if you're not okay, you will reach out. Okay. And here's another important one. And my wife has been a gift here. She has not, like, we don't talk, like when I was doing Christ, like I wouldn't talk about what I saw. I wouldn't bring that stuff up. That wasn't fair to come back from a scene and then just dump that all on her. But she sure did call out, hey, you really have an energy about you that you're looking for a fight. And it's making me uncomfortable. I'd be like, I'm not looking for a fight. And she goes, I know, but I just need you to, you are radioactive. Or I can tell the last five nights you haven't slept all night. You're tossing and turning. And so she called out my behavior. She didn't try to armchair diagnose me. She didn't tell me I was doing something wrong. She didn't tell me I was screwing something up. She did call out my behavior as someone who loves me and who spends a lot of time with me. Do you get the difference there? Yeah, and I didn't do any of that. I did mention it just like, hey, and... I did mention it to him, like, hey, maybe if there's someone you need to talk to. And, mm-hmm. you know, it was out of his behavior. And I said it just like that, you know, okay. not pushing it on him or yeah. anything. or was real patient. And I, I only brought it up once and let it go. Okay. So what's, he was already... What's his behavior? Not. He's usually a happy-go-lucky guy. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's a very approachable. Everybody really, really loves him. And that's kind of why I was concerned because I do see his behavior changing. He said it doesn't affect him, but I do catch a glimpse. Like I do pay attention to him mm-hmm. to where a couple of days after it happened, he was just staring off into space. Yep. Even the, the night it happened, he was just staring off into space and I didn't push it. I didn't pressure him. The first, one of the first things they did was, you know, after he said, he don't see counseling, I reached out to his, a couple of his best friends and let Perfect. them know what happened and just said, Hey, you know, I don't want you to be caught off guard if he does need to talk to somebody. Mm-hmm. Like he doesn't, as of right now, he doesn't want to do, you know, talk to a counselor or anything like that. Sure. I'm like, and he seemed like he would like he was okay about it. But I knew since my older sister also has PTSD, mm-hmm. who's that's gone untreated, we're dealing with her rage fits and everything too. And that. But here's the thing: let's deal awesome. with the behavior, not with the pseudo diagnosis. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So if you see him staring off into space and one of the things, it's funny you mentioned that because that's exactly what my wife would call out. She would say, you're here, but you're not here. And she would just say it very quietly. Hey, you're with us, but you're not with us. Or she would say, come back to us. That was her quiet thing. And she would do it very gently and quietly. And she'd put her hand on me. Like she would touch my hand or touch my leg and say, hey, come back to us. And we would do that at a dinner party. And I would just be staring off into space. Didn't even realize I'd left the room and I had. 
okay? Mm-hmm. It wasn't, hey, you need to go to see a counselor and because your depression's, it wasn't that. Because that would have walled me off. I would have said, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm fine. I'm completely fine. I'm sitting here at dinner laughing. I'm having a good time. It, it was, hey, come back to us. And it, it, you promise you will call if you, if you feel like something's going south, if you feel like you're hurting yourself. Uh, yes, I promise. That's it. I'm not going to try to armchair diagnose you. I'm going to call it behavior. Hey, you're getting really loud and really angry. I'm not okay with that. I'm going to take the kid. And I'm going to, I'm going to leave because this is, you see what I'm saying? We're talking about the behavior, not the diagnosis and not the solution. We're going to let them find their path towards that solution. Okay. And if you see something troubling, like all of a sudden guns are out more than they usually are, or he's starting to give stuff away to some stuff that is his prized possessions, or he starts getting, throwing things away. Um, starts talking about missing some of his friends who died by suicide. If, if you start getting nervous, then you call everyone you know, right? You call mm-hmm. everybody. But this sounds to me like you are struggling with this, and I want you to take ownership of what you're struggling with, Okay. Are you there? I'm here, yeah. Will you do that? I can. Why won't you? You're not going to. I know you're not. I know you're not. I know. <laughs> I have a lot of friends who are tough veterans. You're not going to. Why won't you? Um, and just pretend we're having a beer uh, and some nachos and I'm just sitting across the table from you. This isn't me like talking down at you. I, I, I'm smiling. Like, why, why won't you? I have other things to worry about. Like what? Um, we just moved to the area. One thing, um, we have a six-year-old kid trying to get him adjusted mm-hmm. to a new moving place. We are here based kind of alone. Yep. Um, my husband travels for work. Okay. So most of the time I'm holding it down myself. Yep. I have other things to worry about. You sound tired. I'm exhausted. Yeah. So let me tell you the single greatest gift you could give your, your, is this a six-year-old little boy or a little girl? He's a boy. Okay. The single greatest gift you could give your little boy and the single greatest gift you could give your husband is connection. Not that they're getting a, a performance, not that they're getting a shell of you, but that they're fully getting you. And so what that means is the greatest gift you could give your son and the greatest gift you could give your husband is to get well. Because the the evil of trauma is that it disconnects us from relationship because other people die. Other people hurt us. And so other people become the thing our body tries to protect us from. And unfortunately, it's the only thing that keeps us well is other people. See, See how it's a mess? Yep. And you're exhausted and now you're real lonely too, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like I take care of everyone around me and I kind of just You do. Like I don't I don't go to the, I don't go to the doctor unless um my legs falling off or something. <laughs> and that's not brave. <laughs> it's not. It's dumb. <laughs> it's just dumb. <laughs> 
it's efficient for everyone else but myself. It's not, though. You're giving them it's, 65%. They deserve more of you. And they can only get more of you if you will get well. Yeah, I, I agree. Have you seen hard, hard stuff? Like what? In terms of death and some of that carnage that comes along with that? Um, I have. Okay. But I also, I did take your ACES score. I'm a nine. <laughs> That's what I was getting the at. ACES test score. Yes. Yeah. Often those of us who find ourselves in helping roles are helping because we have to. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I would love, love, love for you to be at your six-year-old's wedding. And I would love, love, love for you to be that crazy, crazy San Antonio grandma for his little knuckle-headed kids he's going to have. Well, that's what I tell my husband all the time. I'm like, I want, when I'm old, I just want to sit on our front porch with a hound dog and throw pine cones at people walking by. Oh like gosh, we're the same person, dude. I've had basset <laughs> hounds my whole life, and as soon as my last, as soon as Josephine goes to college, I'm getting more hound dogs. They're disgusting and gross and loud, and I love them. Yes. But here's the thing: that picture you have to reverse engineer, just like a mission. Mm-hmm. Here's our objective, and so what do we have to do starting today to make that happen? And so you're yes. playing a long game. And right now you are caught in a common trauma response, which is, I just need to get to the next hour and then the next hour and then the next hour. And then I collapse at night. Usually I take something to go to sleep and then I prop myself up with chemicals when I wake up and I start the whole thing over again. And I want you to start playing a longer game here. Okay. And that starts with you calling a counselor in San Antonio and saying, I'm new to the area. My ACEs score is a nine. And I'm ready to go to work on me. And you're probably going to have to take a yoga class. You're probably going to have to get massage. You're going to have to learn what good touch and healthy touch is. And you're going to have to learn how to write and journal. You have to learn all this new crap. <laughs> it's it's going to be like, come on, man. Yeah. I mean, I do um, mixed martial arts. Yeah. And me and my husband just started dance lessons because I didn't want to miss. I didn't want... A disconnection to I happen. I love it. I it love it. Us outside our comfort zones and I love it. gets us, keeps us close, connected. So we have no choice to. Genius, genius. I love it. Love, love, love it. And the last true intimate connection is two former Marines getting past the wall and being emotionally vulnerable and intimate when it comes to what I'm thinking and what my needs are. And what I love and what I want to do one day. Yeah. And it's basically been us the entire time. We've moved every moved everywhere together. We got mm-hmm. married when we were eighteen. Yep. We've just it's just it's just been us. Yeah. And we yeah, it's just it's been us looking out for each other. I know, but you're looking out for each other in a performative way. You're not yeah. with each other. You're trying to protect each other. See you That's see the exactly difference? Right. Yeah, yeah, we're protecting each other. That's exactly. And you get in this weird circle. He wakes up and feels that you're a hundred miles away from him, even though you're three inches away from him in bed. And he sets off to protect you and help. How is he going to do that? He's no one to shoot anymore. 
And so he's going to go earn a bunch of money. And he's going to he's going to do what he's got to do because he's just going to follow the script on how to take care of a wife in Texas. And you're going to wake up and realize husband just took off again to another town, to another job, to another thing. And I need to protect him because he's going to be busy. He's going to be doing these things. And so I'm going to get a bunch of tasks and he's going to get a bunch of tasks and a bunch of jobs. And none of that will address. Are you with me? Yes. And I think a lot of it too, is that we both come from a similar background. Mm -hmm. So we're kind of dedicated ourselves to changing our the changing cycles. Awesome. That's, I mean, that's amazing. Our, that's amazing. Yeah. That's incredible. If I sent you two copies of Own Your Past, Change Your Future, would y'all read them together? I already have it. You got it? Have you read it? Yeah. Um, it's in my Audible. I'm actually on chapter three. Okay. Um, stay on the line. I'm going to send you two hard copies. You can Audible it too, but if y'all will go through that together, it will give you something to point at yeah. And there's a few chapters in there he can roll his eyes at and be like, oh, this is so dumb, blah, blah. Yeah, that's exactly what he's going to do. Of course he is. And, and you can just laugh. Yeah. And you can tell him to call me. Don't call me. We can roll our eyes together. It's fine. Um, okay. But it will give you an entry point too. Well, what do you think about that? And what do you think about that? And I think this is stupid. Why do you think that's stupid? And it gives you an entry point into a conversation. Okay. I'm sorry that he experienced this. I'm so glad he was there to save a bunch of people's lives. And I'm glad he's got you to come home and anchor into. Yeah, we balance each other really well. You do? Yes, we balance each other really well. Where he's weak, I'm strong. Where I'm strong, he's weak. And I wanted to introduce you to a life not on the teeter-totter. Yeah. Where it doesn't have to balance Right where it's like saying that out loud just now. That's such a military. Of course it is. The way you solve problems. Oh my god. Oh my god. Hey, hold on. There's some greatness to that. (laughs) You have a framework that most people walking down the street don't have. And here's the thing. You've heard me say this a million times on the show. The framework that keeps you alive can be the framework in a different time and period. A a time. The things that you do to keep you alive when you're a kid are the things that are going to blow your marriage up. The things that you do in the military, the way you solve problems, the way you have to have step-by-step instructions so that we can get this mission, that is amazing. And if the strategies in the plan become more important than your wife or your husband when you're newlyweds trying to figure out life outside of the military— it can become constrictive, right? So don't throw all that stuff out. You may laugh and catch it and be like, oh, sound like I'm <laughs> military again. That's fine. He's lucky to have you. And my hope for you guys is this. Y'all are doing, y'all are amazing. Amazing. My hope is that y'all can say, hey, we are doing all of these things. He is all in on loving you and you are all in on loving him and you're both all in on taking care of that kid and you, it's common, you're taking the lion's share of the work and you're exhausted and you're running and you're running and you're lonely in a new town, all those things. My dream for you is that you would say, hey, I'm going to stop driving at 95 miles an hour. I'm going to back it down to 60, 55 and put on cruise control for a while. I'm going to go sit down and say some things out loud for the first time in my life about what life was when I was a kid 
the things I've been through, the things I've seen, the things I've experienced in the military, and it's going to be uncomfortable and it's going to be gnarly. And I'm going to learn some new skills and I'm going to process some old trauma so that I will be the most present wife, the most present mom. I will be the most at peace. My body will be at peace so that those I love can anchor and repel off the side. And husband, by the way, I want you to do that too. That may be a harder sell, but um, we often learn by watching. So, and go first. You're brave. So grateful for you and your husband and your service and your gifts to our communities. And I'll walk with you every step of the way as y'all head into the new, into the new whatever, right? Wherever it goes. We'll be right back. Hey, what's up? Deloney here. Listen, you and me and everybody else on the planet has felt anxious or burned out or chronically stressed at some point. In my new book, Building a Non-Anxious Life, you'll learn the six daily choices that you can make to get rid of your anxious feelings and be able to better respond to whatever life throws at you so you can build a more peaceful, non-anxious life. Get your copy today at johndeloney.com. All right, as we wrap up today's show, uh, man, that was some heavy stuff today. Go out and do something nice. Go serve somebody. Um, Go find someone to laugh with. Uh, Go for a walk. Um, Go find beauty. Um, Today's song of the day is based off the first call, the T-Pain classic. I'm in love with, just kidding, it's not. It's actually um, Space Hog. (laughs) My good buddy Chad came into the studio a minute ago and he's like, I thought of this song when I thought of you. And I don't know if whether to think that's a good thing or a bad thing. Most people don't think. Deloney, kind of like a space hog. But the song is in the meantime, and it goes like this. And in the end, we shall achieve in time the thing they call divine. And all the stars will smile for me when all is well and well is all for all and forever after. Maybe in the meantime, we love the all, the all of you, where lands are green and skies are are blue. We're all in all. We're just like you. We love all of you. That's about right. I love you guys. We'll see you soon.